Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show. Giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR. 8.55 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Hi there, welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR. You're listening in on 8.55am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au. Today on the show, we are talking to Nick Arvanitis, Beyond Blue's Head of Workplace Research and Development. We're going to be talking about the Heads Up initiative. Heads Up is a resource for both employers and employees, free to the public, about mentally healthy workplaces. Alright, so we'll just get started then. Um, So could you first just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at Beyond Blue? Well, my role at Beyond Blue is Head of Workplace Research and Resources. Beyond Blue has a workplace program which focuses on workplaces as a setting to communicate our messages around mental health. We have another team which focuses on engagement, which is about uh, Beyond Blue engagement managers going out and speaking with employers directly and also a range of other stakeholders, all geared towards assisting organisations create mentally healthy workplaces. Mm, That's really good. So you've got a new program coming up called the Heads Up Program. Could you just tell our listeners a little bit about it and what it aims to achieve? Heads Up was launched in May 2014 and it's all about highlighting the benefits for organisations creating mentally healthy workplaces and providing organisations, so employers, managers, frontline employees with simple practical tools to help them create mentally healthy workplaces and manage a range of workplace mental health issues. So we know that um, organisations still struggle with what are their legal obligations. We know that managers are concerned about how do they approach someone that they're concerned about. So Heads Up tries to provide practical tools to help organisations manage these issues. Yeah, and what, what sorts of issues sort of tend to appear in the workplace in terms of mental illness and stress and stuff like that? Well, there are a number of issues. We know that um, individuals who are struggling in the workplace um, are concerned about whether they should disclose the fact that they have a mental health condition to their their managers and they're concerned about uh, looking weak or not being seen to be a, a reliable worker. So we know from an employee perspective there are concerns around, you know, what are their rights and responsibilities around mental health for managers it's understanding what their um, legal obligations are and what their ethical obligations are. So you know, how can they, as much as possible, prevent the stress that um, their staff are experiencing? And if there is a staff member of theirs that is struggling, how do they go about approaching that person in a constructive way that enables them to direct them to the support and services they need so that as a manager they're not diagnosing or attempting to diagnose their staff member but recognising their role as a manager and how can they direct uh, Mm. their employees to the various services and supports to um, help them get better. 
Yeah, because it's, it's very common to start being sort of an armchair psychologist for other people, but you've really got to, especially in a workplace setting, like you can't go in and, and say to somebody anything like that. You've got to really step back and, and point them in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's all about having a basic understanding of the signs and symptoms. Again, not so a manager or a work colleague is diagnosing someone who's struggling, but noticing a, a change in their behaviours over a period of time and having a conversation about their, their well-being as a starting point and not necessarily thinking about performance management as the first um, consideration because there are legal obligations in the area that um, employers need to be aware of. Mm. So what are some of the common indicators that someone might be suffering from work-related stress? Well, with work-related stress, generally there's a, a number of signs or symptoms and it's important to note that someone who's experiencing these signs and symptoms may not appreciate them um, themselves. So it's helpful for work colleagues and managers to understand that some of the signs are you know, um, someone having disturbed sleep or, or worrying excessively, feeling quite sort of overwhelmed by the job, um, having very negative um, thought patterns, not being able to concentrate. So a lot of these signs or symptoms will um, show themselves in a reduced productivity and, and performance. And now, when they are signs that a manager wouldn't normally associate with a staff member, so there's been a real change in their productivity or performance or appearance, that's where we would encourage a manager to have a private conversation with that staff member just to check in how they're going and whether there's anything that that manager can do to support that person. Mm. So um, a lot of people will experience stress at work and it's not always constant. There are definitely up and down periods throughout the year. Christmas is quite a busy time for most people as well. How can people be sure that their stress like, is staying at a constant level or when can you sort of start to see that stress is turning into something that might look more like a, the signs of a mental illness? Yeah, we know that you know, uh, there's not many jobs that exist these days that aren't stressful and mm. stress becomes an issue when it's chronic and ongoing. So when, you know, it's not just that stress you, you experience in, in the lead up to a presentation or the stress that you might experience during a, a busy period like the Christmas period. It's where, you know, the, the, the stress is, is ongoing and, and in terms of, um, you know, the impact that that can potentially have, it's when people start to feel like, the stress or their work is really starting to, to interfere with their quality of life, uh, where people are not feeling themselves. So that means people being unable to, to wind down at the end of the day, uh, losing interest in activities, um, social activities. But ultimately, we encourage any person who is struggling with stress or a mental health condition to approach a health professional um, to get some support and, and to sort of potentially receive that diagnosis that they do in fact have a mental health condition and then they can work with their health professional to identify the best course of action. Mm. So then I suppose there's a big issue within um, disclosing that mental illness then to your employer because a lot of people find that if they do say something like that, like there are consequences or they think there might be consequences from their manager knowing. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, look, the first consideration is, I guess, um, you know, there are legal responsibilities um, that relate to disclosure of a mental health condition by an employee. So, for instance, if that employee, because of their mental health condition, uh, presents a work, and, work health and safety risk to the 
workplace, then there's actually a positive obligation on the employee to disclose to their manager. So, for instance, if they they are in a role where they're operating heavy machinery and because of a mental health condition they have poor concentration that potentially puts themselves at risk of harm or other workers at harm, then there's actually an obligation for that person to, to disclose a mental health condition to their manager or employer. Um, similarly, um, now as part of a, any sort of employment agreement, um, a worker needs to be able to fulfil the core requirements of the job. So if an employer asks an employee, is there anything that's preventing you from fulfilling the requirements of the job, then there would be an obligation on that employee um, to disclose to their to their workplace, to their employer. Aside from those situations, the decision to disclose, to disclose is very much an individual one. Mm. Um, so we encourage every worker to weigh up the pros and cons of whether um, it's a good idea to disclose to their manager or employer. It might be that the individual is actually managing their condition well um, and maybe might not think that their employer is going to be supportive, so they may choose not to disclose to their employer. It could be that they are really struggling and some kind of adjustments or modifications to their role really help their recovery and they feel that their employer will be supportive, then it might be in the best interest for the employee to disclose to their employer. Mm. So if they do feel discriminated against, what what sort of options does an employee have if their employer's not, um, you know, taking their, their mental health seriously? Yeah, well, um, firstly, in terms of legal obligations, um, there are obligations on employers to actually provide reasonable adjustments for employees that are struggling with a mental health condition. So if there is a staff member that um, you know, requires just a slight adjustment in their start and finishing time that is related to their mental health condition, well, then there'll be a positive obligation on um, the employer to, to make those adjustments if they're reasonable. Um, aside from that, if an employee feels that they've been discriminated against, there um, is always a, um, the opportunity to file a complaint with the Australian Human Rights Commission um, about being discriminated against because of a mental health condition. And each state and territory will have their own uh, human rights or equal opportunity commission that they can contact, uh, again, if they feel like they've been discriminated against because of a mental health condition. Mm. And I guess it's not just employers as well. There's also a big um, discussion about whether to disclose to your workmates too. Um, do you want to just talk a little bit about that for our listeners? Yes, yeah, certainly. It's um, again, it's very much a, an individual decision, and um, now we would encourage people to to draw on the support of, of trusted colleagues within the workplace. We know, generally speaking, that you know the support that work colleagues can provide is a strong protective factor for people in terms of mental health conditions and can definitely assist with their recovery. So, if as an employee they feel that uh, their colleagues or a trusted colleague would be supportive of them in the workplace, well, then we would encourage them to, to draw on that support. The other consideration is is that if you are an employee and you know, you've disclosed to your manager and there has been some you know, reasonable adjustments made to your role or you have taken some time off um, because of your mental health condition, 
it might be helpful just um, in terms of addressing any potential rumours or, or gossip to share the fact that they have been struggling with a mental health condition so people are not guessing mm. um, at what the issue is and may even start to be a bit resentful if they feel that um, their colleague has taken time off for some unexplained reason and they've had to pick up the slack in terms of workload. So again, it's weighing up all those considerations and based on um, what an employee thinks the reaction is going to be from their colleagues and making the best call for that individual. Yeah, it's definitely a case-by-case -case basis because there will be situations where somebody's been at a company for 10 years and they might trust their their workmates but other people might not have spent as much time or as much like built connections with people so it might not be as relevant to the situation yeah yeah and I think another important point is that you know we know that uh, many people with a mental health condition will manage their condition very well and will seek treatment and will do things to look after their mental health which means that it actually doesn't impact on their productivity or performance within the workplace and um, so it's an important point to note that there will be people that manage their conditions without any support and will never disclose it to work colleagues. Other workers will require some minor support um, from their staff members, uh, from their colleagues and from their manager and others will require some sort of um, you know, intensive support um, from their workplaces. Mm. Um, so next thing about is, do you think workplace harassment is a common cause of mental health problems? Well, we know from um, the data that uh, the OHS regulators in each state and territory collect, um, we have a sense of what the, the main risk factors are in terms of stress claims and uh, definitely work-related harassment and bullying is up there as one of the sort of uh, key risk factors or causes of um, compensation claims for mental health. The, the largest factor relates to sort of work pressure. So uh, individuals that have you know, very high demands uh, resulting from heavy workloads or tight deadlines um, or change within the workplace, those demands are the main reason that people put in stress claims um, through the workers' compensation schemes. But closely behind that is work-related harassment. So that's you know sexual harassment, that's um, verbal harassment, uh, threats and abuse from work colleagues. So we, we do know that um, in terms of the various stressors experienced by workers that harassment is definitely up there as one of the more significant ones. Mm. So what can people do if they feel like they're being mistreated in the workplace? We suggest that workers who, who feel like they have been mistreated uh, consider a num number of options. You know, there's always the option of thinking about um, you know, what are those sources of support within the workplace. And in some instances, that might be an option for some um, employees, depending on you know, who they feel um, has been harassing them. So it may be that they um, you know, want to sort of deal with the matter um, internally and, and speak to a manager or speak to HR or speak to a, a trusted colleague. So in some instances, there will be people that um, feel comfortable approaching some of, someone within the workplace. But then outside that, um, you know, there are opportunities for people to speak to their union if they are a member of the union, um, if there is potentially a, um, a stress claim that can result from being harassed, well, then they can always contact their state-based OHS regulator. And again, there are opportunities to, to file a complaint through the Australian Human Rights Commission or a state-based Equal Opportunity Commission.
Mm, I think that's a really good system to be able to have and to be able to access those things if you feel like, you know, you're not being treated fairly or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. So many Australians work really long hours, including maybe an average of six hours of weekly unpaid overtime. Um, How important do you think the work-life balance is in maintaining a good mental health? Look, we know work-life balance is, is critically important because we also know that long working hours uh, is a risk factor for stress and also a risk factor for developing a mental health condition. So um, when individuals don't have that work-life balance and are working excessive hours uh, at work, then that can start to interfere with other aspects of their life. It might be that they don't feel they have time to unwind at the end of the day and don't get a good night's sleep. It could be that they start to drop off doing any social activities outside work because they're spending uh, very long days at work. Now, in some situations, people will be comfortable um, working long hours. It might be young individuals that are starting out their career who are very happy to work long hours so in some instances, it's, it's often the, um, an empl- where an employee has a mismatch between you know, the number of hours that they would like to work and the number of hours that they actually work. So it's, in some sense, it does come down to the individual, but it's thinking about you know, when those working hours are really starting to interfere with other aspects of a person's life and there's some signs around stress or potentially developing a mental health condition that um, are signs that people need to take action. Yeah, definitely. I think overtime's quite a big problem as well because a lot of people with mental illness quite like, well, I, I know I like quite like to have a routine set up and working extra hours or working different hours is quite stressful to not have the same amount of downtime every day or something like that. So, yeah, it's probably yeah, hard for that. Oh, definitely. And it's also thinking about, you know, what's the reason underpinning why a person is is working long hours you know do they have their own internal expectations of of how much work they should be doing doing during the day which might not necessarily match the expectations of the employer the employer might be very happy for the the worker to work you know nine to five but it's actually the the individual that now feels like they need to do more more work or spend more time at work or it could be the reverse where you know there's just a huge amount of work for that employee to do and they just don't feel that within this sort of current role they're able to do um, all that work within the required time so they feel like they need to stay back. So it's helpful for, I think, employees to be thinking about, well, why do I feel like I need to spend more time at work? Uh, what's the source of the problem? Um, if it is related to, to the role and the amount of work, um, am I comfortable to have a conversation with my manager about that? Um, or if it's perhaps a working environment that has that expectations of you know, very long working hours, but perhaps that sort of employee needs to be thinking about whether there's another workplace that's sort of better suited to providing a work-life balance. Mm. Do you think there's a connection between a worker's well-being or the collective worker's well-being and a business's success and productivity? A lot of our messaging reinforces that organisations that create a mentally healthy workplace is a win for businesses and it's also a win for employees because you now we know that 
eventually these long working hours and stressful working conditions are going to catch up with the individual um, and that means uh, potentially stress, excessive stress, developing a mental health condition and in a lot of instances that's going to lead to reduced productivity and performance. It's going to lead to employees taking more time off work. It's going to lead to employees turning up to work and not being fully productive. It's potentially going to lead to, to stress claims. So it's actually in the interests of employees to be or employers to be thinking about the mental health and wellbeing of their employees so that they feel supported, so that they can thrive in the workplace, so that if they are struggling with a mental health condition, regardless of whether it's related to work or not, that they feel comfortable seeking the support of a manager or a work colleague so that they can get that help and support early on and um, recover and return to their full productivity. Mm. So do you think that there's enough being done across workplaces and across employers to aid mentally ill or even just stressed um, employees? I think there are a lot of examples of employers doing well in this area and similarly there's a lot of examples where the mental health of employees is not a consideration or not on the radar of other organisations. So I think, you know, most organisations will have something in place that is designed towards creating a mentally healthy workplace and often that's simply making information available about services or supports for people that are unwell or providing an employee assistance program, particularly in large organisations that employees can access. But I think where there's real room for improvement is thinking about uh, prevention of mental health conditions. So thinking about how can organisations get on the front foot and proactively reduce the job stress experienced by employees. So ensuring that managers understand what are risk factors for mental health conditions. Uh, So the long working hours, the excessive time demands, um, and also what are the the protective factors? What are the the good things that organisations can do um, to support workers because we know if you look at two different workplaces and you know, what, and they have the same amount of demands on staff but one of those workplaces has a supportive management structure and supportive leadership and the other doesn't, the ones with a supportive leadership actually feel less stressed than the, um, the staff in the other organisation that don't have the supportive leadership. So there's actually lots organisations can do that can be preventative and can protect staff against having a mental health condition. Yep, so those systems are what can employers can do to make their businesses more accommodating and more um, productive and everything. Yeah, one of the, the underlying principles or one of the key protective factors um, around mental health of staff is actually the amount of control that an employee has over their work and that is a broad um, concept in that that you know, can mean flexibility in terms of start and finishing times or, or working from home or just simply having a say in how their work is done, having a say in the broader organisation. So, you know, it's about thinking um, for organisations how they can you know, increase the, the control that a person has. Um, and we know that that can be a good sort of protective factor and that can you know, relate to the, the way work is designed. It can relate to the input that an employee has in decision making. So there are actually some real opportunities that don't cost too much for organisations to be contributing to you know, positive mental health of their staff. Hmm. So where can both employers and employees go for more information about um, healthy workplaces? Beyond Blue has our Heads Up initiative, which is all about 
uh, again, highlighting the benefits of, of mentally healthy workplaces, but also you know, providing those simple practical tools. So uh, Heads Up has resources to assist organisations uh, manage all those issues like should I disclose to my manager, how do I approach someone I'm concerned about, how do I create a mentally healthy workplace and heads up, um, all our resources are, are free to the public and they can be accessed at www.headsup.org.au. Okay, great. And we'll be sure to put that link up on our podcast page when this goes live. Oh, look, that'd be great, Lauren. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to, to talk about mental health in the workplace and to talk about our Heads Up initiative. So it's great that it's on the radar for you. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing the, um, the podcast when it's finalised. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Brainwaves today. You can catch more of our shows at brainwaves.org.au or find our podcasts on 3cr.org.au and on iTunes. If you want to get in contact with us, feel free to email us, brainwaves at wellways.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week at 5pm on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.